Hi friends and welcome to the sixth episode of Ask a Brown Feminine. Uh, thank you guys so much for being with me again. Uh, it's really incredible and I'm really excited um, about this show. I just, your support means so much. So again, thank you. Uh, this week's affirmation is what others think of me is none of my business. And uh, the reason I chose that affirmation is because I feel like most of my conversations with other people are about their goals and their dreams and the things that they want to pursue in life. And invariably, it, we end up talking about the reasons that they're not pursuing those dreams and the reason that they're not following through um, and those those sorts of barriers. And a lot of the time, the reasons are because they're worried about how they're going to be uh, perceived, how their how their uh, work is going to be uh, received or perceived. Um, they're they're afraid that they're going to fail. And here's the thing: you deserve more than that. All right, you deserve more than dimming your shine. Um, because you're afraid of failure, because you're afraid of what other people think. If you're passionate about something, then this life is your opportunity to pursue that thing and to find your joy in that thing. If you're passionate about something, do the thing, practice the thing, hone the thing and become the best at the thing. Take that passion and allow yourself to take joy in it. And, you know, if people don't hop on board right away, then you just keep doing it because it's yours. You're not competing with anyone. You're not proving yourself to anyone but you. So I guess, I guess just keep in mind the fact that there's always going to be a naysayer. There's always going to be somebody who thinks that you need to move more conservatively, um, And there's always somebody who's going to ask you to dim yourself just a little bit. But you're not on this planet to please those people. You're not here to get in line with the beliefs of other people. It's your life and you have control over it. You don't have control over what goes on in the minds of other people. But pursuing your passion, that's something you can control. So essentially, live your life for you. So now to the questions. The first question reads as follows. I'm in love with my partner, and they're absolutely my favorite person. One issue that I have is that they made it clear since the beginning that they are interested in a relationship where we dated people together. I was okay with the idea of it in the beginning, and it seemed like an idle wish, but as we've grown closer, it turned out that I'm getting colder on the idea. But they are both happy with how we are, and still really looking forward to this. I've been able to push push it off when the opportunity gets closer by just letting them know that I wasn't attracted to the people they've had an eye on, but I know that this is delaying the inevitable. I don't want to lose them. Hi friend. So first of all, thank you for your question. Uh, I know that it can be really hard to see yourself through a conversa- uh, conversation, a situation with a person who you love. Um, 
it is necessary, however, um, and it can be even more challenging when there's more than one person involved, uh, potentially. So it sounds like this is a job for dun, 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 communication, um, which is something I push. I feel like I push communication every single episode. And again, it's because communication is key. If you're not going to talk, you're not going to get results. It is what it is. Back to your question. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. So it can be hard to see yourself through a situation with a person who you love and who you feel really strongly for. And it's even more challenging when there's more than one person involved. Um, and I give you credit for at attempting to broach the subject, even by telling your partner that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily attracted to the person who you have an eye on at this moment. I, I give you credit for that because even that isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do. But I feel like it's time to move into the next part of that conversation and kind of level it up a little bit with like telling them how you feel like your for real feels TM. Um, because without that, you're not going to be able to resolve this issue, uh, unfortunately. So I guess what I would suggest is sort of taking the time to stew on what it is about, uh, dating a third or fourth person um, that is bothering you. Try to really figure out what it is uh, that makes that a little bit more difficult for you to uh, to perceive of right now. Because in the beginning, um, it sounds like you felt like this was an idle wish, uh, as you wrote. And I'm not sure if you agreed to it because <clears throat> A, you liked the concept of it. You liked the uh, hypothetical situation or if B, you were just trying to please this person um, and get closer to them. And so you agreed to something that you would never have gone for. And depending on the answer to that question, um, you're going to want to have a different conversation with this person. Um, if it turns out that you did have some sort of interest in uh, dating another person with your partner, then the conversation might be what the boundaries are um, and what and in, in what way you're willing to make your uh, relationship open to others. Um, because some people have different beliefs and feelings regarding uh, openness and monogamy and the things that you're willing to share with a third. Uh, perhaps, for, for example, there might be a couple who... Um, really take physical monogamy uh, seriously. And so they agree that they're, they'll only have uh, sexual contact with each other, but they may still choose to date um, others together or uh, vice versa. There might be uh, couples who really feel that the emotional monogamy is what is most important to them. And so they reserve um, all of their emotional real estate, so to speak, for each other and they have those conversations and they have those moments together, but then they'll also decide to have sex with a third. So it might just be having a conversation and breaking it down in that way. However, if you never had an interest in dating a third um, with this partner, then you're going to have to own up to that. 
And you're also going to have to be respectful of whatever their feelings are um, when they receive that information. And you're going to have to be respectful of their reaction because unfortunately, um, when we're not completely forthright at the beginning of a relationship, it tends to come back. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the end of the world. But I would say that if you love this person, um, the right thing to do would be to let them know where you're at with that. And who knows, maybe you guys will find some sort of middle ground or some sort of compromise, um, depending on what your respective needs are at this time. Um, but yeah, um, at this point, I would encourage you to have this conversation with your partner. And at the very least, you'll know that you guys had enough of a mutual respect and a mutual uh, affection to work toward a solution that works. So it might be a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I hope you know it's coming from a place of love and I wish you the best of luck. I hope, I hope that helps. Right. Next question. I've been trying to explore a bit more in the kink community, but I feel like it's not going well. I've tried events and parties, but I'm just as bored as vanilla dating. Am I the problem? I want to be with someone, but I feel like nothing works no matter what I try. Self-care, kink, vanilla, getting set up, nothing works. What am I not considering or doing right? <clears throat> so this is a really good question. And uh, I guess I have some questions for you in turn. Uh, the first one is, what is it that you're trying to get out of exploring the kink community? Um, are you looking to establish a relationship with someone uh, who's also into kink? Um, are you looking for just an activity partner, somebody who can engage in a kink with you, but you don't really have any sort of... Uh, relational or emotional ties beyond that? Or are you just sort of looking for a community to embrace? Like these are all important questions because each of those things uh, require a different approach. Um, so from what I'm reading here, it seems like you're more interested in finding some sort of a relationship, which is great, that's fine. Uh, but here's the thing. I feel like whenever we try to find relationships within uh, a sort of niche uh, community and that can be the kink community that could be organized sports that could be uh, LARPing um, what have you I feel like whenever we do that we tend to focus on the, the excitement that we get from knowing that we have a shared interest with a person or persons um, and we neglect to delve into interests that we share outside of that, um, which would help build that relationship up. So again, you know, you said that you've tried a gazillion things and I respect that. And I know it's not an easy process, but I'm wondering if you've tried going to these events and parties just for the enjoyment of it. Like, have you gone to an event just to see what was going on and just to learn more? Um, and if not, maybe it's time to try that. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, going and learning more about shibari rope tying or, 
you know, going to show off some leather tools that you've made by hand or something like that. Um, you may find that if you're going to events just to explore uh, your kink and to learn about other kinks and that sort of thing, if you're going more for the experience, you might find more enjoyment of it in this time. And you may also find other people who do share that kink um, and are willing to exchange ideas with you when possibly explore with you down the line. Um, you know, and I know that it kind of goes back to an, to an old school thought um, that if you're already doing what you love, you'll attract people to you. But I stand by that. I feel like it's, it's usually when we are enjoying ourselves and we know how to be, you know, with ourselves, um, that other people feel inclined to approach us and to, uh, want to learn more about us. So, yeah, I think that if you go ahead and you explore your interest for the joy of exploring that interest, you'll begin to spend time uh, with people who have those interests at events, and then you'll start to see them outside of events, and that may translate into dating. And even if it doesn't, you at least have the knowledge and the possibility of a friendship with highly interesting folks. And who knows, maybe those people will introduce you to someone who you can connect with um, on that on that romantic level. And now that I'm, I'm like hearing myself say that, it sounds like a lot of causality. Like it sounds like, a, like if you give a mouse a cookie book, like if you do this, then you'll do this. And if you do this, then you'll do that. It's like if you give a kingster a cookie. Anyway. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> focus on what drew you into that kink in the first place and you may find yourself connecting more than you expect. Last question. What are your thoughts on race and cosplay? My thoughts? My thoughts are yes. Yes are my thoughts. Uh... So as a blurred, and that's a black nerd for those of you who uh, may not have heard that word before, I'm in full support of people of color breaking into cosplay and LARP and just, you know, gaming and every nerdy or geeky pursuit that's out there. And I think that we, I think that we need that. And I'm glad to be seeing more black and brown people in cosplay um, and doing nerdy things. And as an 80s baby, people in my generation have unfortunately not had a ton of people in uh, fantasy and science fiction who look like them. And so it's beginning to change now, I think, that you know, um, black and brown uh, heroes are, and even villains are becoming um, more well-known. It's really cool to see. Um, and because of that, you're seeing more black and brown people who are just beautifully portraying these characters. Um, and they're even, you know, portraying characters who may not necessarily have been written as people of color, but they're able to embrace the love of their character in that way. And I think that there's something really empowering about especially when you come from a marginalized community, I think that there's something empowering about being able to take on the mantle of someone who's inspired you. So I, I support it. I think it's, I think that 
people of color breaking into cosplay is dope. I love it. Um, and you know, on the on the other side, there are definitely a lot of um, white cosplayers who are doing amazing things um, at cons and other events. And you know, sometimes those cosplayers want to portray um, a a person who is written as a person of color. And uh, personally, I have no problem with that. I think it's I think it's a cool thing to do. I also think that it needs to be done respectfully. So, you know, again, I have no issue with it as long as it doesn't cross a line into caricature, um, which, you know, it's it's certainly something to watch out for. Uh, for instance, I don't feel blackface is needed ever uh, <laughs> to realistically uh, portray a person of color. I guess... If your skills are good enough, I just don't understand what the need. If if your skills are good enough, people are going to know exactly who you are. So, um, yeah, overall, I love cosplay and I would like to I would like to do it more um, personally. And I adore seeing black and brown people doing it. Just, you know, getting their nerdy life. It's dope. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answer makes sense. And thank you for your question. And now it's time for the weekly hustle. <laughs> uh, so this is the portion of the show in which we feature amazing people doing dope shit. And this week we are featuring Sulinette Morales, who is an international artist, poet, powerhouse, my best friend, and author of Building a Powerhouse, which is available on sulinette.com. You can also find Sulinette on her podcast, Creative Alchemist, available everywhere that podcasts are available. Not really sure how I'm supposed to be answering this, so I guess I'll say the question number and then the answer. Or I'll just say the answer. We'll figure it out as we go. First, I am Sulinette. You may call me Sulinette. It's Sulinette. Wait, I'm doing this backwards. Sulinette? Whatever way the ball bounces, that's... Anyway, it's three syllables. What do you do? I am a full-time artist and poet, and there's a lot of things that fall under that umbrella. So I do things like I perform poetry. I get asked to facilitate workshops, uh, poetry workshops. I also do art workshops. Some of y'all may know them as paint nights, but I also teach younger folks, too, that don't go to like bars and paint. Um, <laughs> I also do mentoring. Um, I am an author. I also host, direct, and produce um, storytelling shows. One of them, which is coming up, it's called The Little Bit of Death Part 3 on November 17th at the Carriage House Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. If you happen to be swinging on by, come on through. It's kind of a life-changing event or whatever. So... Art and poetry are important to me. What I do is important to me because create creativity in general is my most natural state of being. It's something that's always been with me. It's something that um, is a way that I learn. One of the ways that I learn is visually. Um, and when I first started going to open mics and listening to other people spit their poetry around social justice and social injustice and what was happening in the world and some of their own personal uh stories 
I was able to learn that way as well. So it was a really creative way to learn and it's also the way that I best express myself. So with poetry, poetry for the most part is how I reflect the world back to itself and my art, my painting, my paintings are a way that I reflect me back to myself. Why should it be important to us? <laughs> I mean, come on, son. Like, everything around you is art. Everything. Like, the chair that you're sitting in was designed by somebody. Your lamp, your bed, your car, like, everything around you is art. And obviously people go to museums and, and, and concerts and stuff like that because we we have a natural appreciation and draw towards creative things. And it's one of the things that has stayed with us for forever, since the beginning of time. Cave drawings and, and petroglyphs like in Puerto Rico, like it, it's it's just, it's one of the things that we naturally do. It's something that is part of every single culture around the world. Every Every group of people have art as part of their, um, as part of who they are. Music, dancing, storytelling, um, um, artwork of some sort. It's just, it's part of us as, as a species. So I don't think I need to convince you why it should be important. Like it, it already is. It's just, I think, um, I think the importance of it just needs to be better recognized, especially as somebody who does it for for work, um, it's um, it's always challenging and interesting to uh, have those conversations with people that think that exposure pays bills, or that um, that art isn't as important, or that art isn't um, or that art isn't really work compared to other things. But um, fuck that. Where can we learn more about your thing? You can learn about my thing by going to sulinet.com, that's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E dot -E com. If you put Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E -E on uh, Google, you'll, you'll find me. Shout out to my mom for giving me such an interesting name. So there's that. When did something start badly for you but end up all right? That's a tough one. Um... When did something start badly for you but end up all right? I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I'll come back to it. If you could choose anyone to narrate your life, who would it be? Without a doubt, without hesitation, it would be Christopher Walken. He can narrate my life. He can narrate anything of mine. He can, I can, he can narrate anything and I'll just listen to it because that voice, yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken. Yep. Yep. What is a social stigma you think people need to get over? <laughs> I've actually written about this before, but um, pooping in public. <laughs> um, like we all do it, man. And it makes me uncomfortable when I'm walking into a public restroom and I know that there's another woman in the restroom and she's just waiting for me to leave so that she can do the do <laughs> what she needs to do and it's like I just wish I just kind of wish we'd all get over it because we all do it and um I don't know if that's necessarily a, a social stigma but I just I just want us to be okay with poop 
That's all. Because we all poop. And, you know, just, just let her rip. Especially, like, as women. Now I'm about to go on a tangent. Like, especially as women, we're already forced to, like, hold in so much. We should just let it go. <laughs> Be free. <laughs> uh, where are some unusual places you've been? Hmm. That is a good question. Um. Um. I'll get back to that. Or unusual things you've done. <laughs> I think my life in general is pretty unusual. I don't think... I No, I'm lying. For a fact, um, people just don't usually take the route that, um, that I've taken. So, yeah. So my existence is pretty unusual. In a great way. But I would say the most unusual thing I have probably done is... Um, leave a secure uh full-time job that was giving me like 40k a year starting um leaving that and pursuing art and poetry my passion full-time so it's been great though two years going strong uh what are some red flags to watch out for in life Ooh, yo there's so many there's so many red flags um I think the biggest red flags we need to look out for are the ones that um, that we can create ourselves. So when we become dangerous to ourselves, or when we um, when we hinder ourselves, or when we're not showing ourselves enough love, or being our own best friends, um, I think that's some of the biggest red flags. When you start to really doubt yourself or really down talk yourself, um, I think that's a huge red flag. Um, when you're just really not looking forward to tomorrow that's a pretty red flag a uh, pretty big red flag the people in your life um in my podcast which you should totally check out my podcast it's called the creative alchemist podcast um it's kind of everywhere um i mean like you can find it everywhere not that it's like it's very focused but anyway um one of the things that was brought up a lot with the people that i interview on that show is uh the importance of your circle and the people that support you so a red flag would be if everybody around you is just super negative or um, aren't very supportive of you, aren't very encouraging of you and your growth, whatever that growth may be. Um, so man, like, there's a lot of red flags. Um, what are some red, red flags to watch out for in life? Any, any signs by the roadside that lead you into the woods? That's a red flag. Don't don't do it. Um, when you hear a noise down the hallway, uh, don't check it. Like just let it be. Just let it be. Um, don't. That's a red flag. Don't don't be don't be that person in the movie. Just just let it go. Just don't even explore. Uh, what was cool when you were younger that isn't anymore? Almost literally fucking everything because I was born in the 80s and was raised in the 90s. So a lot of that shit. Um, you know, um, song lyrics that, uh, make sense aren't really cool anymore. I'm just talking shit. That's not even, like, legit. Um, let's see. <laughs> Straight leg pants aren't cool anymore. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, a lot of our vocab isn't cool anymore. Gangster rap isn't as cool as in anymore. Um, 
I'm trying to think what else. Saying booyah isn't that cool anymore. I really like the word booyah. We should bring it back. Booyah. Um, <laughs> uh, new kids on the block, they're not really cool anymore. That makes me sad. <laughs> a lot, a lot of shit when I was younger that was cool it just isn't cool anymore. And that's okay. I don't care. Uh, and lastly, well not lastly, I gotta go back to some questions. What do you want the folks watching this to remember about you? Mm. Um, my name and how I made you feel. That's really it. Like, if I inspired you, whatever that inspiration looked like or felt like, um, you could remember me by that. And of course, remember my name, Sulinet. That's really it. <laughs> uh, let's see. What was the other question that I skipped? When did something start badly for you but end up alright? Hmm. Hmm. Dang, I got nothing for that. But, like, I'm sure something did. And then I'm gonna end this, and then I'm gonna think about it later, and then I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, but I'm already 11 minutes and 17 seconds into this, so, like, sorry. I just. I mean, but you can reach out to me on my website, and we can, like, we can talk. So. You know, you can ask me. Um, and then what was the other one? What are some unusual places you've been? I don't know. I don't really think of the places that I go to as unusual. I like exploring. And I like going to new different places, even if they're creepy. Because um, sometimes I ignore the red flags. But anyway, um, I like going to different places and, and visiting different things. And, and I'm trying to travel even more. So I don't really think of places as unusual. Um, I kind of like the challenge of unusual. Uh, it could be very inspiring as an, and as an artist, um, can't get enough of that. So yeah, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. So thanks for having me on the show. I love you Jasmine cause you're my bestie. And again, my name is Sulinette and you can find me at Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E dot com. That's Sulinette.com. Bye! <laughs> Hi. Hello. How are you? Welcome to The Breakdown. The Breakdown is a part of the show uh, in which I explain a concept that might not be as widely known um, or uh, understood as we would like. So um, if you have concepts that you'd like me to get into on the show, then you can go uh, to my website, askabrownfeminine.com, and drop me a line and let me know um, what you want to hear me talk about um, and what, you know, what information maybe you'd like to contribute to the topic. So uh, for this week, we're discussing kink. Um, kink is anything that can be considered sexy, anything that turns you on, while also being outside the box or a uh, realm of two cisgender people having missionary sex. So, um, yeah, kink can be anything from being turned on by high heels to, you know, straight up BDSM. Kink spans a whole spectrum of things. And so, uh, I guess the important takeaway is that 
kink is normal. Like, I feel like most people, not all people, but definitely most people uh, have some sort of kink, have one thing that enhances uh, their their enjoyment of sex. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and don't let anybody tell you that there is. So, yeah. Pretty straightforward. But a uh, couple of takeaways, right? So consent is key, always. Embrace your kink. And be safe. Other than that, happy diddling. And now it's time to wrap up the show. So once again, thanks for joining me today on Ask a Brown of Eminem. And I hope that this advice has been helpful to you. Uh, if you would like to be featured on a future episode, uh, if you have comments on past episodes, if you'd like to uh, submit an idea for uh, the breakdown, or if you have questions, you can submit them to me. And you're, you can certainly submit them anonymously, or you can put your name um, and tag it on there so I can find you and talk to you and love you up. Um, so check me out at askabrownfeminine.com. And as always, you are appreciated. <laughs>